Hi, Scott Walker here with another edition of Freedom Fighters. My father used to say that the best Bible wasn't black or brown, it was red. That's R-E-A-D. The same goes for a copy of the U.S. Constitution, like the one I often carry in my pocket. It would be nice if more members of Congress had read one of these. We wouldn't be wasting our time on an unconstitutional impeachment trial. In fact, the entire impeachment process is a sham. Article 2, Section 4 of the U.S. Constitution says, quote, the president, vice president, and all civil officers of the United States shall be removed from office on impeachment for and conviction of treason, bribery, or high crimes and misdemeanors, unquote. It doesn't say anything about a former president. Article 1, Section 3 of the Constitution says, quote, when the president of the United States is tried, the chief justice shall preside, unquote. It goes on to say that, quote, judgment in cases of impeachment shall not extend further than to removal from office and disqualification to hold and enjoy any office of honor, trust, or profit under the United States, unquote. Well, let's think about it. Donald Trump is no longer the president. That's why Chief Justice John Roberts is not presiding over the actions of the Senate. Plus, the judgment in cases of impeachment is removal from office and disqualification to hold and enjoy any office. The Constitution doesn't say either removal or disqualification. It says removal from office and disqualification to hold and enjoy any office. You can't remove someone from an office they don't currently hold. Read the Constitution. And you, too, can see that it does not allow what liberals are doing in the Senate, which is why Rand Paul was right to force a vote the other day on this sham. In the end, however, I think this will actually backfire on the left. You see, they are nowhere near the votes needed to convict. So this is all just grand political theater. In the end, the radicals on the left will be unsatisfied as they want Donald Trump's head on a platter. It's not enough that he is no longer in office. They want to ensure that he can never hold office again. What an elitist view. They believe that they know better than the voters. I also think that this will particularly backfire on senators in swing states. Imagine being a voter in Georgia or Arizona, where they just elected new U.S. senators who are up now for re-election in 2022. These voters heard these Senate candidates talk about the need to focus on addressing COVID, the economy, and help for our schools. Instead, their first month in office is focused largely on impeaching the president, who is no longer in office. This is the kind of stuff that makes people hate all the politicians in Washington, and understandably so. Many of us are equally frustrated with school leaders around the country. For all the talk about science, so many liberals continue to ignore the science that shows that students can safely return to school. Even worse, many teachers and school administrators jumped the line for vaccines and still refused to open their schools. Even the Washington Post chimed in saying, quote, there is simply no common sense explanation for vaccinating teachers ahead of other high-risk groups if they refuse to return to full-time in-person learning. The simple truth is that the Fairfax school system wants the benefits of heroism without taking a heroic act, unquote. And let me repeat something I said earlier this week. 
You're not an essential worker if you can't show up when it's essential. Then there's the story of Sarah Chambers, who is the area vice president for Chicago Teachers Union. She went on teacher, Twitter, she's a teacher who went on Twitter, I should say, to say it wasn't safe for teachers to return to the classroom. On the same day, she literally posted photos of herself on Instagram sitting by the pool in old San Juan, Puerto Rico. My goodness, you can't make this stuff up. I know plenty of teachers who are eager to be back in the classroom, but the union is blocking the way. Union bosses should not be running our country. The American people should be. In San Francisco, the problem isn't just the union, it's the liberal school board. This week, they voted to change the names of 44 schools that were named after icons like Abraham Lincoln, George Washington, Paul Revere, and Thomas Jefferson. Ironically, the county has the worst record for black achievement in the entire state of California. Sadly, just 19% of the black students in the district can actually pass the state reading exam. Instead of wasting all this time on taking names off of schools, maybe, maybe they should be more worried that their students likely can't read the names on the sides of the schools in the first place. Now that is the racism of low expectations. And in Iowa, that's right, Iowa, Young America's Foundation exposed plans by the Ames Community School District for them to celebrate Black History Month using the Black Lives Matter at School Week of Action curriculum. Among the ideas forced on students from age four to 18 are transgender affirming, globalism, and the disruption of Western nuclear family dynamics. The blatant Marxist aims of the BLM organization and this BLM Week of Action seem to indoctrinate the rising generation from their first days in government schools all the way to graduation. This all has little to do with race and is more about the left exploiting race to push a radical word, worldview and their radical values on students. Want to do something about race in America? Give black parents a right to choose the best education for their children. You see, I trust parents. Sadly, the unions and the socialists do not. They want total control. They don't trust the individual and they certainly don't trust parents. Finally, the National March for Life is today. Sadly, because of restrictions in the District of Columbia, it is virtual this year. I remember standing in a blizzard as a member of Students for Life to listen to President Ronald Reagan address us at the march, the National March, way back in January 1987. Now, Tonette and I were always pro-life, but I think back years after that march when we saw the ultrasound of our first child, that ultimately made the, the, the ultimate affirmation of our belief in the right to life. We talk a great deal about science these days. Well, science clearly shows that an unborn baby is a human being. Abortion is not healthcare, it's murder. The pro-life cause is the civil rights movement of our time. At Young America's Foundation, we train young people to be defenders of freedom. And our Declaration of Independence clearly states that we are endowed by our Creator with certain unalienable rights, that among these are life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. Our liberties begin with life, and that is why we march. I'm Scott Walker. Until next time, keep fighting for freedom.